Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Because on the road, a lot of people are like, well, hang on, dude. Huh? What? Like, wait, you own three businesses and you don't, you know, you only do a few hours of work per day or per week or whatever it is and like you can travel for as long as you want and there were so many people that wanted to do that and that's where I was like I want to help that's a clip from my interview today with Jared Krause his expertise is helping you buy existing location independent businesses you know on this show we're all about filling your your arsenal your travel tool belt with as many different ways that you may be able to sustain or extend your travels and this is one of them that we haven't covered we dive deep into this topic of buying an existing business who is it right for what types of businesses should beginners buy we talk about the pros and cons all the legal stuff of course how it plays in with your travels which is what <laughs> makes this whole podcast different because I'm guessing the reason why you would even consider this as an option <laughs> is to help fuel your travel lifestyle, right? So what are the best types of websites to buy? How do you do due diligence? All of the research, a lot of questions here, a lot covered, and Jared really does a great job breaking it down for us. So I, I know you're going to love it. Of course, we talk about his travel lifestyle as well, how travel transformed him as an individual, and his journey from working as a plumber and coming home, saving money, using that money to travel, coming home again, working, saving money, how he went from, from that version of traveling the world to taking his show on the road full time. So a lot packed into this interview. I know you're going to love it. Plus, we got a shout out to somebody in the community here who is taking the leap. That was the subject of the email. College student taking the leap. I want to share his story and the advice. I gave him in the email back. All that and much more happening right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience how are you today, my friend? Hope all's well with you. Sun is shining here in Oslo as I record this, and I'm looking at 
couple of my mementos here in my office. Do you keep any travel mementos? I've got some magnets. I've got a memento here in my office that uh, always brings me back to another sunny place, sunny Colorado, where I lived for a while. I've got my old license plate from my old car, and I don't know. It's crazy how sometimes these objects can just teleport you. Uh, I see them every day, and I don't think about them often. Then today, I was doing some stretching and some yoga, and I looked over, and I started looking at all the magnets and thinking, oh... I remember being there. I remember the air there. I remember how that meal smelled. I remember walking around that little part of the downtown and and buying that souvenir at the trinket shop and then going and climbing that mountain. I remember these things because I just happened to notice this object today, even though it's there every day and I barely ever notice it. It's kind of crazy. It's weird like that. Anyway, I wonder what object now you're going to notice today that's going to bring back a travel memory. I always like to remind you before we dive into this show, please get in touch. Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email. I've got a place where you can leave a voicemail very easily. There's a link to that in every one of the show notes. And as you know, this is a community-powered show. I love to make this a two-way conversation, get your guest recommendations, Check it and say hi if you haven't done so. I've got a shout out to share with you today from a college student who's taking the leap. Now, this email I got is from Nicholas, and I'm going to share the advice I gave him in my email back. But he said, as a full-time student pursuing a double degree, travel is definitely something that can be difficult to do, but I've saved every spare cent I could find since last spring and recently just signed on the dotted line committing myself to a study abroad program this summer. Haven't even left the country yet, but thus far, this process has taught me a lot about budgeting and planning for travel. There are just a few more logistical things I am trying to figure out, but I'll be spending about five weeks in Spain, checking out a few major cities, and I cannot wait. Hope all is well with you and your family, and you're staying safe on your travels, Nicholas. Congratulations, Nicholas. College student taking the leap was the subject header there. I love that. And yeah, I did send him some advice. Although he is going to study abroad, it will be very difficult to not bring a computer. But I'd say if you can, stay off your smartphone as much as possible. I mean, five weeks. That's a, give yourself some space to breathe. Get away from the devices. That was my my advice to him. And, and Spain really resonates with me because that was the first place I landed on my very first solo backpacking trip. So uh, you're going to hit the ground running. You're going to love it, Nicholas. Congratulations on kickstarting your life of travel this summer. Now, let's slip and slide into the interview segment. Enjoy my chat with Jared. Stick around on the back end. I'll leave you with a quote and some thoughts on the interview. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening and enjoy the conversation. My guest today is the founder of buyingonlinebusinesses.com, where he helps people learn how to successfully buy an existing business so they can have more freedom. His mission is to teach 1,000 people how to replace their income, quit their job, and live a lifestyle they absolutely love. Of course, we love that here on the show as well. Today, we're going to dive into how to buy an online business, dissect the pros and cons, and help you figure out if this might be a good fit for you. Jared Krause, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thank you so much, Jason. Glad to be here. Lovely to have you here. And uh, we will, of course, include all the links that we mentioned here in the show notes. But uh, 
for you, it sounds like travel was a big driver for everything you're doing right now. I might be wrong, but after kind of reading through your about page and and getting into who Jared is, I wanted to start there because you know I think nowadays, especially more than ever, it, although it seems obvious on the surface, lifestyle is a big driving force for what people choose to do, right? And, and I think in the past there was more sort of acceptance of like, well, this is kind of what we have to do and get into the 95 and all this stuff. And now there's been a bit of an awakening with the great resignation and everything like that. And people are just kind of fed up and they want to pick something that matches their lifestyle. And and what you teach is a, an interesting angle that we haven't really covered on the show. We're going to get into all that. But yeah, for you, talk about what travel means to you in your life. Travel has shaped my life in so many ways. Uh, I have done, I've built my businesses and built my lifestyle around travel uh, and independence. Not just like financial independence, but my main goal was to, I remember having goals like, I just want to make $1,000 per month online. <laughs> that was my goal. And I thought, you know, if I could do that, I could live pretty cheaply on the road and I could just keep doing this for, you know, for as long as I needed. So I was at the skate park today and uh, having a break, lunch break, and I bumped into another guy who uh, started a business and he sold his business. Um, and he did quite well through the sale and, and he's just traveling around, enjoying himself, got his money invested in different areas. And uh, we, it sounds like we're both cut from the same cloth. Like we've just definitely shaped our lives so we can travel. And I was also telling him that, you know, I spent a seven-year period that I spent about four and a half years overseas um, just traveling. I'd take, you know, a six-month trip. I'd take a year trip. I'd take a year and a half trip. And in between these trips, uh, I would go back to work and then work for six months and then quit and then go travel. And that that's that's what led me to go, all right, I'm done with this plumbing thing, right? Like I've realized how good it is to travel and have a good lifestyle. There's ways that people are making money. And I just typed into Google how to travel the world and make money online. And that's kind of what started it. And that has been my biggest, that's my biggest purpose, my biggest reason why is, is like my life goal is not become a gazillionaire. Uh, and I don't want to do the hours that somebody would have to do to run a nine-figure to ten-figure business. And uh, I think my – well, I know that my goal is less stress, and less stress means less work um, and more fun, and that's what travel is, right? That's that's how I've shaped how I like to live. Where did you grow up? I grew up on the Gold Coast in Australia. So you were that Australian? traveling that around for years yeah. going back and forth because yeah, yeah. you always meet the australians in the hostels and, and yes there's, there's always you got to have you got to have the token australian with you out <laughs> yeah. there when you go out for a beer or something there's, there's always one of them around and and everyone <laughs> everyone's like everyone when you're on the road or when you're in a hostel everyone's like there's like are there any even even any Australians left in, in Australia, just you guys are all, all traveling, right? That's the common line that I would hear. <laughs> well, I bring that up because it is part of the Australian culture, I feel, yeah. more so than than the US, right? Isn't isn't that so? To take off and travel for months or years is kind of an accepted thing, is it not? You tell me. Yeah, it's, it's a part of your maturity i guess of growing up like when you finish school go travel um or you know do university and then travel uh 
and or even do it in between. Like it's it's a pretty normal path for most people to take. I think I'd be surprised if most people around my age and even, you know, going through school now and wanting to travel wouldn't have spent a, a three-month period, three to six-month period overseas at, at any stage in there, you know, between 18 to 30. I doubt there would be many people that wouldn't have done that in Australia. Whereas I think in the US, it is a bit different. There's a big, it's like 70% of um, US citizens don't have a passport or something something staggering like that. But I guess that's also because the media, the media can tell us like it's dangerous out there. Like, you know, if you go to Central America, it's super dangerous like and, and a lot of other places, whereas maybe it's not as dangerous as it is for C. For example, in 2012, I went and lived in Egypt for six months to become a dive master and uh, this is when the Muslim Brotherhood revolution was going on, and I didn't. Re- I don't really follow the news. And people were like you can't just move to Egypt right now. Like you, you, you will die. It's that's a certainty. Like you, it's you can't just move to Egypt. Uh, but that was just one little part of Egypt that that was going on, and I was I was totally fine. So yeah, yeah. So even in the culture that supports long term travel, there's still that element of it of it right working against you or working against people kind of the the world's a dangerous place media perception yeah i think that's i think that media percept because i've lived in the states as well i think that's more so in the states than in australia of course you get it everywhere but i think it's just portrayed a bit harder um in the u.s and in australia you get it as well like my mom's like oh you you know you got to be careful and check in all the time and all that sort of stuff like those it's common fears but uh i I think, I think it's it's just pretty common that most people in Australia are, have had that stint of travel before they really go into family life, heavy career life, uh, or whatever route they choose from. You know, twenty five onwards, I guess. You were working as a plumber in between. Is that what you said? Were you running your own shop, or were you working for somebody when you'd come back? How, how did that all work out? Yeah, yeah. So I did my apprenticeship. And then uh, I lost my job because the they went bankrupt. Uh, and then I got a job with another company. And I would just quit that company and then I'd go travel and then come back. And at one stage, I think it was after two two big trips, I came back. I was like, I want to work for myself. Like I wanted that freedom to be able to you know work my own hours. And I tried to start my own gas company and there was just not enough jobs gas jobs around for me even to get work to do that let alone start my own business so i went back to that company and yeah i just kept working for them and that would just take me back when when i would when i'd come when i would come back you know so that was i'm pretty grateful for that so you're back in australia right now correct i am yeah what what brought you back there i mean i know when you get out and travel the world for many years like you have done you see a lot of places i'm sure you considered living in some of them maybe you're still considering living in some of them why why are you back home yeah that's a good question i like literally for those that big portion of time that i was traveling i was looking for like where do i want to live like like uh, and on one of my last bigger trips i did a year and a half overseas by myself did three months in uh in uh, vietnam rode from the south of vietnam to the north of vietnam then i went over to um, Central America stayed there and then South America for the rest of that year and a half as you know like 
you meet friends on the road, right? Like everybody knows you, you meet friends on the road. You know, somebody in the hostel is going to the same place you're going, you catch the same bus, you make friends and then you do the same activities in that next place. You stay, you may even share a room with them, whatever it is. Um, and you make awesome, you know, and that connection that you make with those people as well because you're doing all these crazy experiences is really, really tight. But still I felt I felt lonely, like meeting friends, you know, saying goodbye to friends and over a long period of time I kind of felt lonely and I wanted to come back to Australia because I had this burning desire to work on this business, this buying online business, buying businesses, well, buying online businesses business, <laughs> the tongue twister. Because on the road, a lot of people are like, well, hang on, dude, huh? what? Like, wait, you 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 own three businesses and you don't, you know, you only do a few hours of work per day or per week or whatever it is, and like you can travel for as long as you want. And there were so many people that wanted to do that, and that's where. I was like, I want to help these people. And so I came back to Australia and I knuckled down for about a year and a half, two years, and really built that up and then wanted to go start traveling again. I did a trip, did one trip, two-month trip with my partner uh, over to Europe uh, that I met in that time, a two-year period, and then corona hit and we've been landlocked in Australia for two years basically. It actually has just recently opened up for, for people that are vaccinated. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I have more travel related questions around solo travel and destinations Love and it. things. Love it. I think I think I'm gonna like what do they say? Put a pin in it. Is that what they say yeah, now? Bookmark and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> a virtual pin. Gosh, yeah. I'm gagging just saying that. Because we have a lot to cover with what you're teaching and what you do. But but I did have one more question that's related to the work and travel thing. I think this is a good segue. How far into your travels and trying to understand the chronology did you stop uh doing like coming back and working as a plumber and start doing your own thing. Because I'm wondering if like the balance that you were trying to find traveling and working was also a factor for going and settling down. Cause I know it can be very difficult on the surface. It all looks great on Instagram, but in reality <laughs> it's not so easy. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it's actually really tiring when you go, all right, I'm going to spend a week here and do all of the activities. And then I'm going to get on a train or a plane and try and sleep that probably can't and then go to the next place to do it all again. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I wasn't stressed with money. I had some business at the time and I would just plonk myself in a place for a period of months, right? I'd stay three months. Uh, so you in, started slow traveling when you had your own businesses yeah, more so than the That's right, than fast kind of, traveling, correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, to answer your question around the time frame when I sort of stopped work and then did the travel with the businesses, in at the end of 2013, start of 2014, I started a travel blog. Tried to make that work. I, was, I struggled, uh, and then I tried to start an e-commerce business. I struggled with that. And then I realized, hang on, like, why don't I buy a business uh, that I saved up for? So I bought one, and then bought another one, and another one. In between end of 2014 to uh, basically end of 2015. I bought three businesses within like an 18-month time frame. And then at the end of 2015, well, mid-2015, I, I gave notice to – I was running a big job here on the Gold Coast, big shopping center for a plumbing company, the, that part of the plumbing company for that um, job. And I said, look, I'm going to leave at the end of the year. I'm, you know, I'm making enough income now to not – I want to go travel and do my own thing. And that's when I just did the hard stop at the end of 2015. And then 2016 onwards – has been full-time on my own, I guess, with business and travel. Yeah. And going to the skate park in the middle of the day. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, there was no <laughs> surf today, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a surfer and a skater then? Is that your, your sort of I'm, your main... I'm not really... A, I wouldn't classify myself as a skater uh, because I'm only skateboarding to get better at surfing. I'm, I'm totally obsessed with surfing and a lot of my travel was around surfing. And just like a year ago, I got a surf coach and told me to get a skateboard and practice some of my maneuvers in the skate park. So cool. it's helped. Nice, man. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. How far do you live from the beach? Uh, two minute walk. Well, one minute Ooh. walk. Yeah. Oh, is that a futon behind you? I might be taking that over. At some yeah, point. man. Come over. <laughs> we'll tuck the kids awesome. underneath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Again, like we are going to circle back to some more travel stuff because you have so much travel experience. I, I always think it's a beautiful thing when, you know, you got so passionate about the businesses and, and my, my hunch is that you know, it's like you got to have all those travel experiences for years and years. So at some point you didn't, you know, not that you exhausted it because you love travel, but it's like you had it, you know, you can always have more, but that's a much better position to be in to stop and then run businesses than not having, you know, trying, trying to like make the businesses work so you can have that travel experience. So this is a, this is a chicken and egg thing, I think for some people, and we can start here because, and, and this is where I think buying online businesses can really be an effective thing if if it's the right fit for you because you're instantaneously taking over a business as opposed to not that there aren't going to be struggles but you know building a business is hard <laughs> so you know is that something you want to kind of combine with your travels or do you want to keep those things separate this is a very subjective thing i like you had the experience early on where i saved i would save money working and then i would go travel and I thought that was such a wonderful way to see the world, especially in hindsight, because I didn't have to like stop and send emails and do all these other things and try to find a balance. I just got to be in the world and enjoy it. So you want to talk about what advice you give to somebody who is asking about that? Hey, like, should I start a business while I'm traveling? Should I just save up money and go? Look, it's a, it's a, it's a really tough one. Like, I guess it depends on where they're at uh, in terms of what they want. You know, like, do they do they have this burning desire that, like, I need to leave my job right now? Um, my advice is to tell people, like, don't leave your job until you've got an, enough income to sort of cover your expenses. And then it's definitely going to make, you know, traveling a bit easier. Yeah, you can, might have to do some work, but you can hire people, you know, that help with that sort of stuff as well. And then the management of that comes in. But it's a, it's a tricky one. Each person's individual where they're at it's going to change the answer for each one so i yeah i i like your i like what you said around like you got to just quit and you didn't you just got to fully wholeheartedly experience the places that you're at because you didn't have a little bit of time or focus somewhere else um that's what helped me with by these longer term stays like three months in a place that really allowed me to go cool i might just do like five days of heavy work and then do two days to two weeks of nothing right um and just some maintenance stuff like you know five minutes in the morning 10 minutes in the morning each place that's the advice that i'd give to somebody that wants to travel like if you get yourself to the point that you can cover your expenses and travel and then don't try and rush everything enjoy each place and then you'll do better work as well because you won't be as tired when it comes to work time on those businesses yeah. on the road. Yeah, cool. I think the mental focus that you mentioned too is a big part of that, right? It's like if, you, if you're if you untethered 
in a way from a business or responsibilities, you have a different mindset because you, you may be, well, it just depends on how your mind's working, right? You may be worrying about the next thing you're doing, or you may be fully immersed in the travel experience. And that's where like mindset comes into play so much. I, you know, I think people sometimes gloss over mindset or that can be the tendency, like the importance of mindset, right? You can be like, well, uh, you know, those aren't really practical tips for building a business. It's just your, your mindset. Come on, let's get past the fluff. And it's like, well, no, mindset's kind of everything. It's like how you're interpreting the world and it is your reality. So uh, a mindset's something I want to talk about related to buying an online business, first of all, especially for somebody that's never done it before. Do you want to speak to some of those common fears and maybe you can give us some sort of tips or just reality with your experience around what that really is, you know, are those fears justified? You know, how do we kind of overcome those things so we can look at this as a viable option? Yeah, great, great question. Um, before I answer that, when it comes to mindset and, you know, oh, you just get to the real stuff, this is, you know, people may think this is fluff. With the mindset, the the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle that's holding us back in any area of our life, including business, is our mindset anyway so that's like the number one thing like that's the bottleneck usually like if we can remove our stuff and how we think about stuff out of the way then then we can get the growth or you know resolution to what we're trying to do but in terms of like those fears that people may have about buying a business one common one is like why would somebody if the business is perfectly good and it's making money why would somebody sell it right like that's a great question it's uh, and I got this, I had a friend of mine uh, I met in the surf and he's like, I want to buy a business. He got onto my podcast, started listening to stuff and um, I've been helping him a little bit. And he asked me this, he took me out to a cafe for lunch for brekkie the other day. He's like, why would somebody, Jared, buy, like sell their business if it's that good? Like seriously. And I said, that's an awesome question. Like it's it's a, the most common question that I do get. And you got to look at it through the lens of the person that owns the business Everybody has different stages in their life. For example, well, bef- before we go through those different phases, yes, it is valid to be scared of buying a business uh, and have that fear because, yeah, they may be selling something and it is going downhill, right? That is going backwards and it's a crappy business. So you do need to know how to do due diligence. You do need to be able to see that and identify that. So it's a perfectly valid fear for sure. Uh, although the reason people do sell great businesses for many reasons. For example, if I get sick of living in one place, but I've got an amazing house, I'm not selling the house because it's not amazing. I'm leaving because I have different desires that I want to do and I have different goals or I want to live in a different place. Same with the people that have a really good business. Maybe they've run the business for 10 years and like, look, my heart, this is a great business. It works, it runs really well but my heart's not in it and I don't want to have that business decay because of myself and my heart not being in it. Uh, And then you've got reasons for people like, hey, I need to sell my business so I can get some money so I can actually buy a house and not rent or I can pay for a medical bill that may have happened. There was a a case that uh, a, a university student had a birdcage business that he wanted to sell and I said, "Why? Why are you selling it, man?" He's like, oh, "I need to. I need to go to. I need to go to uni, and I need to pay for this medical thing." So there's two reasons he needed the money. So there's multiple reasons that people will sell, need the money. Uh, it could be a good business. The heart's not in it. The business could be failing, of course. 
And then also on top of that, people may have grown the business to a certain level and they can't get it any further ahead. Like they've hit a, they've hit a glass ceiling because they don't have the skill set to grow it in the next area or to go from X amount to Y amount or whatever it is. So there's a reason people like to sell their businesses as well. Mm, that's a great breakdown. And I like the real estate analogy. It makes loads of sense. We'll be back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now let's get back to the show. Let's start at the top here. I mean, why should people buy a website instead of starting their own and, and doing that whole thing? And I, I like your tagline, by the way, in your website, changing lives one website at a time. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that, why, that's yeah. the very top line, right? Like, yeah. who is this right for? Why, why should people even consider this? First thing that I say to people is like, look, starting a business is like we already said it. You've already said it. Starting a business is so freaking hard. Like 90% of all startups fail. That's an SBA stat. You know, from the from the SBA in, in America, ninety percent of all startups fail. Uh, I believe there's there's one really good reason to start a business, and and the other reasons are mostly to b the buy one. The people that the only people that I believe, my opinion, should start an online business are the people that have a 
a product or a service or a solution to a problem that the world doesn't have yet and that they're so insanely passionate about it that they're prepared to spend 10 years or more pushing this thing up at a crazy ass hill (laughs) and struggling and fighting and trying to get it work, trying to get it to work because that's what a startup is. It's really, really, really hard. So if you're super passionate about an industry and a product and a solution that the world needs and you can back it and you've got the gusto, the energy and, and probably the resources to do so, or you can get the resources to do so, then start a business. But for every other reason, I'd say, which is mostly I want time freedom, I want money, I just want to earn an income online. If your goal is only goal is to make an income online or your goal is to make an income online so you can travel, you know, spend more time with your friends and family and stuff like that, I believe it's best to buy a business because then you can buy something that's past that 90% startup failure rate. A business, what is a business? A business is a system that produces a result, right? That provides an income stream, a profit. It's really hard to build a system that does that, right? That's why so many people fail. So you can just go away and buy one of those systems, buy a business, and it's instantly making money. Now, yes, I am biased towards buying businesses because I've started my own businesses and failed so many times. So many other people have. Most people come to me and say, Jared, I've tried I've tried to start so many businesses and I've failed, right? I had, uh, I've got a, a, a member in my mastermind who joined three months ago. He just bought a business. It's making him like $1,200 a month. Um, and he said, for 10 years, Jared, I started every business you could think of. And then within three months of working with me, he bought a business and he's like, this is the first time I'm actually making money because it's a focused a focused approach and you're buying something that's a proven system. Um, yeah. So that's what I, that's my sort of spiel on it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you acknowledging the fact that you are biased, of course. And yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of gray area here, right? Like I'm not, I'm not challenging everything you're saying, but there, there is something to, the 10 year pushing up a hill failing thing because you're acquiring a lot of skills, you're acquiring a lot of new mindsets and you're doing it, if you're doing it in a bootstrap way, you know, it, it depends on how you look at it, right? You could say, well, well I'm saving money because I'm not spending a bunch up front to make mis- a bunch of mistakes because I don't know how to run a business. But at the same time, you're, it's your time. So you're, you're you know, there, there are just so many ways to look at it. So, I mean, I just want to hear like, because I do think there's a lot of value in the, the I'm starting a business, I'm trying to figure this all out. Going through that process, like the person you mentioned, would they be succeeding at this business they bought if they hadn't gone through, you know, all the failures that they need that they went through earlier on that maybe toughened them up or made them learn certain things or see and and, and perhaps it we'll never know, of course. But this is just one part of the equation where I just kind of wanted to get a little more of your thoughts around it. Yeah, I think it's uh, and those so valid there's so many you're right there's so many gray areas and there's so many things that you pick up in in terms of skills along the path and the biggest one that we've already talked about is mindset um you know and and overcoming some of the obstacles you know you can overcome some smaller obstacles by starting starting a business but i just guess it really depends on that's why i said earlier like it depends on what your goal is like for a business you know like if it is, if you do want to go through and learn to start a business because you know you're going to go and acquire those skills and you're going to become a really good entrepreneur, great. 
also there's you know so many skills uh and this could be a biased view there's so many skills from the zero to a thousand dollars per month mark range zero to ten thousand dollar per month month mark range that may not actually apply to going from 10k a month to 50k a month or 100k a month uh in a business you know uh and and that's a really you kind of need to reinvent yourself and you need to sort of reinvent the business to get to those different levels as well so the good thing about a startup is like you do learn that it's freaking hard and it's grit and when you get there the glory is better obviously it's better than going oh here's you know here's like 50 grand 40 grand and you buy a website and you're making a thousand dollars a month you know, it's easy. It's 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 easy done. Like the you don't get the 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 mountain climbing aha achievement sort of thing. Um, you do have to do put some work into finding a business. You know, it may take you three months to six months, and there's a lot of work involved with it. Um, it's not super duper easy, uh, but it's easier than going through like a five year period of like grinding, going nowhere, running in circles, feeling like you want to give up. You know, multiple times, um, and then having a lot of little short successes. I hear what you're saying, and I, uh, you know, along those lines, I think there is, like you mentioned, just going through the process of buying a business. If you're going to go that route, you're obviously going to learn <laughs> a lot along the way about business through that too. So that's an experience in and of itself, I'm sure. Yeah, well, a lot of people, a lot of people want to just skip the work part, and the, I'm like, the work part is pretty important for mindset. So a lot of people just want me to, you know, Jared, tell me, is this a good business? Should I buy it? I'm like, do the work, do the due diligence, look at this business and then look at so many. I, like, I want people to look at so many businesses because the time they spend looking at multiple businesses makes them a better entrepreneur because they've looked at that many businesses, right? So it is a valuable, the, the education you, of starting a business is valuable for sure and going through purchasing one too. Well, let's get into the some of the nitty gritty how much websites cost and how much they can make and where you buy them and all that kind of stuff because uh you know these are these are the the questions right like uh, you know how quickly you know how much do you need to invest how much how quickly can you make your money back of course it's going to vary from business to business and then getting into the due diligence your best tips for the due diligence and things like that but yeah like how how much would one expect to pay for and existing online businesses. What are the types of businesses that are usually for sale? All, all of that type of stuff. Yeah, Give us the 101, through, Jared. The 101. Let's go through the three <laughs> types of businesses first, and then we'll go through the prices, and then we'll go through the ROI that they provide um, and what may be best for a beginner versus somebody else that have may have in-market experience. The So the first type of online business is a content website. So this can be a blog. Um, it could be a review website and uh, how these businesses make money is they will create contents, informational content or uh, affiliate article review content um, that get people to either click on a product and if they go away and purchase it, they make money from the affiliate link or they may have you know ads on the site from their info content and they'll make money from the ad revenue or a combination of both. So they're content websites. Then you have e-commerce businesses. E-commerce businesses sell products. You got different types of e-commerce businesses. You got Amazon FBA. Not a fan of those myself personally, for many many reasons. Uh, then you have 
drop ship, you have sell product distribution, and then you can have crossovers as well of different types of e-commerce businesses. And then you've got membership or SaaS businesses. Membership businesses, you know, and SaaS businesses, I put them in the same bucket because people usually pay a monthly fee, could be an annual fee, quarterly fee to get access to a database of content. It could be uh, like a database of content like Netflix is a membership business or it could be paying for an accounting software like um, uh, QuickBooks. I think you guys use use Zero QuickBooks, whatever you guys use in the States and Canada. Yeah, so um, that's that's a membership type business. I like membership businesses and SaaS businesses because when you buy one of those, you're already buying a customer base of users that are already paying in income. So it's very, very valuable to buy. Usually those businesses have a higher multiple. Uh, I'll talk about multiples in a second. And then you have con- content sites. Okay, so this isn't a different type. I've already talked about content sites, but content sites are best for beginners uh, because the workload isn't as much. With a co- Most people come to me and say, Jared, I want to buy an e-commerce business. I'm like, how much experience do you have in online businesses? Usually it's nothing. And that's okay. That's great. But know where you're at and know that if you are going to buy e-commerce businesses, there's so many more hats to wear, so many, so much more work and so much you need to get right. That's pretty important. With a content site, usually they've got a bunch of content that's getting traffic and already making money. Usually you have a, a longer period of time that you could leave it with doing nothing to it and it would still produce a result. With a e-commerce business, you really need your marketing to be working. You really need to be on point because uh, your expenses can be high as well with cost of goods and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then same with membership businesses. You know, you could leave them for a little while if you wanted to, same as content sites. But you'd also, if you want to grow it, you want to be really good at uh, a digital ads like paid marketing, digital marketing. So uh, beginners start with content sites if you're brand new to this. Uh then the multiples. A multiple is how many months of average monthly net profit will somebody pay for the business? Sometimes it can be average yearly net profit or it can be average monthly net profit. I'm going to, most people in our space go with average monthly net profit. So a content website, depending on how much risk it may have or how valuable the site may be, will be ranging for sale for a between like a 35 to a 55 multiple. So it could be 35 months of average monthly net profit to like 55 months. E-commerce business can be anywhere from 24 months, 30 months to, you know, 50, 40, um, depending on the business. And then the higher multiples are usually for the membership and SaaS businesses. And we're talking, you know, 40 to 90 multiple yeah wow um so the prices we haven't covered uh you can buy a business for ten thousand dollars all the way up to 10 million or 100 million dollars depends on what you want to buy uh i want to buy apple okay so you might (laughs) need to get some finance for that one (laughs) um yeah so a lot of people do want to get started in this and that they, they want to go away and buy a smaller business um, and they buy something for under $10,000. What I consider under $10,000 is really in the startup phase and 
like I always say, you need to spend a lot more time, money, effort, and energy to get it to a point that it is making a decent income. Uh, but you can still buy if you if if you're at that level, you can buy that level. But basically, what you're doing is you're not really buying a system that we talked about before. You're buying content, which is a, a website with content on it that has the potential to make money, and you have the potential to grow that and scale that. I'm sure you got questions to fill in the gaps that I didn't cover there. <laughs> sure, yeah, no, that's a great breakdown. I guess all right. Somebody's listening, and they're like, "All right, I'm 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 interested. I'm going to explore this. I want to see what's out there, and then I want to start working through some of the due diligence to see which of those might be a, an option." You know, first of all, like where do you start the research? How do you narrow it down? And then let's get into the due diligence. Depending on what type of business you want to buy and how much you want to spend will be dependent on where you want to go. Uh, usually website brokers, if you type into Google uh, or whatever your search engine is, uh, website brokers, um, what are the best types of website brokers? You'll get a bunch of different website brokers. The common ones are Empire Flippers, FE International, Quiet Light Brokerage, and MotionInvest.com. I know I said those quite fast, so I apologize in, Apologize to all you guys. Uh, and then what's really common is most people have heard of Flipper. Uh, Flipper, anybody can list any business, whether it's working or not. So you need to be careful there. Although Flipper has cleaned up a lot. Uh, I know the CEO of Flipper, since he's become the CEO, he's cleaned up Flipper a lot and there's a lot better businesses available for sale than what they were, say, four years ago. So, um, yeah, that's a good place to start. Jump on Google, Flipper, and check out those other brokers. The cool thing about seeing those businesses, you can see how much they cost, how much they're making in revenue, how much they're making or how much they're spending in expenses and what their monthly net profit is or what their annual net profit is uh, and what it costs you to buy. And then you can work out what your return on investment would be. And they usually tell you how many hours it takes to run a business like that and what sort of skills are required. Okay. So yeah, then what are we looking for? What's kind of the sweet spot for you? When you're looking at, I imagine you're looking at a lot of these listings all the time. What are the ones that stand out to you where you're like, ooh, okay, yeah, I'm going to, bookmark that one it depends on one's investment strategy and where their portfolio is uh so i would suggest for somebody who's new starting with the content site and then if they can buy something in the same niche that's an e-commerce business or SaaS or membership business amazing uh but this the i would say the sweet spot for somebody starting out is if you can buy something between the 20 to sixty thousand dollar price range time of recording uh then usually you can buy a, a decent content website at that price, maybe 25. It's starting to go up a bit more now, um, you know, 25 to 60. Um, then you can start to see some pretty decent content sites and start off there. And then you can learn your skills in content. And then uh, if you want to expand into, you know, even adding some products for sale on your own content site or adding a membership um, sort of product or service to it as well, you can do that too. Okay. Is that one of your kind of tips? You mentioned same niche. Is that because those businesses would feed into each other? Is that something you tried to do? Yeah. Say for example, you bought a content website that was dogs uh, around how to, you know, have a healthy dog. Uh, and then it's, you got like 500 articles around how to have a healthy dog and different things you can feed them, exercises, um, home environment, whatnot. And then you made some money from that or you had some you know money left over um from working and 
and, and that main business, then you may be able to buy a contents, um, a, an e-commerce business that is selling dog food. <laughs> and you imagine you could send a lot of traffic to that e-commerce business um, and, you know, they, they really work hand in hand and you can get a high multiple selling them as a package. How important is it for you personally to be emotionally invested into what what the business is about? Or are you more excited about business as a whole and it doesn't really matter that it's dog food or cat litter or whatever? Yeah. I thought, and I think this may be a mindset hurdle that a lot of people need to get through at the start that I've sort of noticed is somebody came to me last week with a site that's a golf site and they've been looking for a while and they're like, this is it, this is the one. And they were so hell-bent on wanting a golf site. But I looked at the numbers and I was like, this is not a good business, man. Like, let's let that be sold, please. Um, obviously, I led him down the, the the garden path to be able to him to educate himself enough to find that out himself without me just robbing him of education there. But uh yeah, I personally me, I'm like I look at businesses so many like I I don't probably look at like 30 businesses a week or something like that. It's, and it's so unemotional for me. It's like this business needs this, needs that done and it will grow or you know, these are the risks. Here's a good reason to not buy it or to buy it. So for me it's so unemotional. But I how I do get my fulfillment is what you alluded to before is like the game of business around it. Like being able to grow it, um, the monetization method, the little hacks that you can do, uh, all the better business strategy that you can that you can use over your competitors. Uh, that's what excites me about business. I have this I have this unique thing about the buying online businesses. Business is where I teach people. Is I have this I love business, but I also get so much fulfillment out of you know like like we said before, changing people's lives by buying a business as well. So if you can have that double whammy, great, but like I said, I started this business because I had a passion that I was prepared to spend over a decade in this space because I wanted to I wanted to help people that and there wasn't that service around. So Yeah. How many businesses do you have now personally that you've bought and are running? Uh, I have three now. I've sold some, um, bought some, but yeah, at the moment I've got three and I'm probably gonna sell one towards the end of the year. Um, and just sort of focus on two more than three. Um, and I'm doing some other investments out of the online business world as well. Okay. Do you have like a team of people? I, I guess that's the first question. Should you know? There's the solopreneur. I'm traveling. I'm going to do this all on my own. And then there's the, hey, I have a bunch of people, and when I buy businesses, they help me do this and that, and I know exactly what I want to do. I know there are a lot of variables here. I'm just wondering if the businesses you're looking at are the types of businesses that can just be like run by you and then you can you know do a couple things and go surfing and come back or whatever or if you have some kind of elite team of people that are pulling the strings like the wizard of oz back there <laughs> <laughs> i do have some elites um but this is the this is the cool thing about content sites is like they can be so passive like i got a content site that i don't have a team to use or i hire people to create content upload it, publish it, all that sort of stuff. Um, and when I need something done, I can just hire somebody to do it. It's a very, very passive site. And that's why I believe content sites are really good for beginners. Um, in terms of like this business buying online businesses, yeah, I've got some pretty cool people 
that work with me that help me with a lot of admin stuff um i would never want to manage this whole thing by myself uh, i just don't think i could uh yeah and i mean i've bought a business with a team before and it's been it's it's been amazing like the team has taught me everything about the business and then i've added my little um you know entrepreneur two cents in they've gone away and run with so i'd suggest um if you can buy with a team great and the, and you know but usually you're buying a business over 100k that's going to come with the team um now it comes and, with a team okay i was going to ask you that do the do yeah. the people come with usually they don't usually they do not uh if you like for example if you owned a business and you built a really good team and you, you spent a lot of time building that team and you want to stay in that sort of business model, you'd want to keep your team with you, right? So a lot of people do take their team with them. Uh, or if it's a content business, may, they may have writers that are really good at that particular niche that the person who purchases that business, say if it's I purchase that business, they make me they may connect me with a writer that I can use to that can write the content. So, um, yeah, content sites are very it's it's cheap to hire uh, hire people to do the work for you, but you can also you know put one blog out a week and and put it up and and it can continue to grow. So, in terms of other skills, it depends on the business. Like yeah, what skills you would need for each business, and there's. There's many depending on the different types. <laughs> mm. Well, what are some of the overarching skills that you see are common for all the businesses? I imagine one you mentioned is just being able to like hire people and, and sort of lead a, a team, which if you've never done that before and you're listening, everybody starts in that same place, right? So maybe like leadership and, and project management and things like that, communication. Are there any other? I mean, I know there's some nitty gritty, you know, SEO and content writing and stuff like that. But you know, again, you could hire people to do that. So, I think people should know sales and marketing. I think that's really, really helpful. Um, and that's so broad to say sales and marketing because it doesn't really like what does that even mean? Does that mean phone sales or does that mean like online business sales um, and marketing? What sort of marketing are we talking about? You know, offline marketing, online marketing it doesn't matter if you have some skills and some understanding on how marketing and sales actually works and why people buy things it's going to be a, a huge help uh you know even if you just uh you know have an instagram account and you're trying to get people to watch you know look at your content that's that's sales and marketing so usually a lot of people have more experience in sales and marketing than they may actually perceive cool Due diligence, what I'm sure we're missing some things, but when you do due diligence, what how do you do that? What's your process to make sure you're making a good investment? Well, I have a due diligence framework, uh, I can actually give it to everybody if they want it. Uh, I um, it's what yes, I might want it, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you a link then for that. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's my framework that takes a guesswork out of buying a business. It's like ask you the questions that you about the business for the information that you need to get to put it all in one area to identify, you know, how many risks it does have, what sort of how risky are those risks and are they worth, you know, taking on or not. And that'll help you determine if the business is worth buying. And there's multiple different sectors in the due diligence that you do need to cover just to give, you know, the audience something to chew on. You need to cover SEO. Um, you need to cover marketing, like paid marketing. You need to cover the email list. You need to cover the traffic. 
uh, and you need to cover the financials. So you need to check all those things, make sure everything sort of is adding up. And there's and there's some other things in with different business models as well that you can plug into that framework, like what type of, you know, if you're buying an Amazon FBA business um, or an e-commerce business that's on Shopify, what are some of the things that you need to be asking to, to get the proper information to make an educated decision? Okay. And yeah, well, we'll be sure to include that link. We'll be right back. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. What about legal stuff? I use stuff on purpose because uh, people, you know, the legal <laughs> thing, they're like, do I have to hire a lawyer now? And how does this all work? Yeah. You know, it's, it's scary and it's additional expense, especially the legal stuff. So... Mm-hmm. How much other stuff outside of when you see the price tag, you go on, you've done all this due diligence and all of these things, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to pull the trigger. This is 30K. Do you just send people 30K? Do you, can you make a deal where you just give them a down payment and pay over time? Do you have to get lawyers involved? How does all that work in your experience? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'll give you an example. I had a client buying a site, I think it was like 200, 220 grand or something like that. Um, wanted to get his account to verify the financials and then wanted to get a lawyer to look at the deal. The lawyer was going to take like three weeks to look at it um, and the account was slowing him down. Most people don't use a lawyer uh, for anything under the usual, or like around the two, maybe 300 grand price range. You know, um, So under that price range, usually there's no lawyers involved. Usually you do have a, a contract for sale or an APA, which is an asset purchasing agreement, um, which is an agreement between yourself, the seller, or sorry, yourself, the buyer and the, and the seller on what you will actually get for the sale. Um, and then in that agreement can be how you pay as well, which you asked about, do you just pay all the money up front or do you pay a deposit and then 
you know, other bits. Uh, it depends. Uh, it, you know, paying a deposit and then paying some offer during a period of time is called an earnout, which I think is a really, really, really good way to go. The one that I would prefer to do rather than paying upfront. Uh, and it just allows you to uh, allows you to have the previous owner of the business have some accountability in the business for that duration of time that you're making those repayments back. Um, so you can pay upfront cash. You can do the earnout, like I mentioned. You can do seller financing, which is the same as an earnout, but those repayments you have to pay in, uh, interest on. Um, and yeah, that's as you go higher in bigger businesses, there may be some laws and stuff like legal stuff that you'd you'd want to check. But um, yeah, under under those low six figures, it's, it's rarely it's very rare. Like yeah. uh, even uh, you know, if we had people buy four hundred to five hundred dollar five hundred thousand dollar businesses not using a lawyer, and that's pretty common. Okay. Do you have any recourse as a buyer? Like, let's say you get something and somebody pulled a fast one, or yeah, yeah. you could, yeah, yeah, you can put into your agreement that if the business stays the same, and this is very, um, how I explain this is not going to be very technical savvy it's just going to be an ideology but uh, how you can put it in your contract is you can have if the business stays the same income level you say pay the same price if it pays a little bit more then you pay a little bit more for those business during those earnouts. if it you know decreases under within that period of you doing an earnout, then you pay a little bit less so you can have that sort of recourse i guess if you if you're able to put that in the agreement and, and but i would say you'd want to make sure that you do include upside for the seller so they know it's not just one-sided agreement. Like the most important thing about any sale uh, or any business being sold is it's a win-win agreement. Like you want both parties to be happy. Otherwise, it's just an ugly deal and I don't think it should be done. Yeah, and it sounds like with that arrangement, you're also, yeah, you're getting the business owner invested and there's some accountability there for them to kind of follow through and make sure you're getting everything you need because I'm sure that's an interesting time too when you take over, you're working with somebody pretty closely that you haven't worked with somebody before before that you don't even know, really. They're a stranger and now all of a sudden you're sort of in business together. I'm using air quotes, but at least for a period of time, which must be pretty interesting. <laughs> it's... It is. It depends on, and you put in your agreement how much training you can get, um, or how little training you can get from the previous owner. But I like to tell people, look, like you, the the relationship is far more valuable than the investments that we end up making. Because, say, for example, you buy a good business from somebody and you want to go again. Maybe they are really good at starting businesses, and they may want to sell another one. Then you already trust them, or you know they have some key player that they know or connection in the industry that you don't and they could put you in front of them or in contact with them and they could help you grow your business incredibly or they may have a strategy that they've tried and they can give you some feedback like there's so much value in the relationship that i just people that come into the space that are like i just need to make money and you know you've got to realize like business is a people game (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah, that's really important. And thanks for bringing that up because I, you know, you don't maybe think about that when you're buying a business that there's still 
in my head, it was like, well, you know, you buy one here, you buy one there, but of course people start businesses and maybe there's somebody that's a, well, I'm sure there are people out there that they know how to build a business to a certain level and then they sell it. And that's kind of their, their MO. And speaking on on that, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the buying or excuse me, the selling side, because I just wanted to hear some of your, I know this is, this would be a whole other probably episode, but just sort of your top tips for somebody who is building their own business and maybe they want to do it in a, in a smart way where it has the potential to sell later on. What are some of your best practices to, uh, to build your business in a way where it's appealing to potential buyers down the road? Yeah, it's a good question. Number one is to not have your personal brand too heavily attached to it. Uh, because the risk of somebody buying a business that's got a big personal brand is that if they buy that business and that person is not a part of it anymore, you know, and they've got a big audience that follow the brand because of that person, then, you know, just it's not going to produce the best results or the same results. Um, so personal, I'd say remove some personal or brand attachment from it. If you can all, that'd be amazing. Having uh, uh, good <laughs> books, uh, you know, legible books like readable books um, that are easy to understand. Also, having good systems in place, uh, you know, processes and systems that you can just simply hire somebody. You don't need to do a lot of training from them. Your systems do the work and they produce the result that you actually need. Makes a business like really nice to run, um, not just for yourself when you are running it, but like to hand over to somebody. It's 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 just a beautiful thing. There's so many tricks that you can do in, in terms of like hardcore acquisition uh, of business um, for a portion, and then scale that back and scale your expenses back before you sell, um, and really streamline the business to have it be more attractive and more profitable to get help you get a higher price. Uh, there's ways that you can do that as well. Uh, also to decrease workload, that's a really attractive thing for a, a purchaser to have a business that sort of is like, you've heard these key keywords, turnkey business and stuff like that. Have a business that's pretty like passive is, is a very attractive thing that has very little expenses. Yeah. Cool. There's so many ways you can do it. Have we missed any, I mean, Obviously, there's a lot to unpack here. You have an entire business podcast. I mean, this, you know, there are weeks and years of learning around this topic. So I don't want to like gloss over that. But, you know, looking at this sort of the 101, trying to help people decide if this is an avenue they should explore for themselves and, and things like that. Have we missed anything major? No, I think we've covered it all. But the one thing that really, I guess, if we had a highlighter, Jason was to was to for people before they even just go away and explore this is like sit down with themselves and ask themselves like what do they want like do they have a business in mind and a product and service that they are really passionate about then maybe start that business but if you if you just just goal is to travel and make money that was my only goal is like let me save you years and years and years of of like just hardship <laughs> like I went through you can just buy one and explore that and it doesn't mean that you need to you know you need to like do it right now or in the next month or year sometimes people check out my stuff and they go oh like this is a really cool concept but I may not have the money or I just want to try start one myself at least if you know the option like yeah you can go try try start one yourself like it's you know there's not one way 
Um, but I usually find a lot of people that do that, they come back to me a year or two later and go, Jared, let's, let's buy a business. Let's try this, but let's buy one now. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. I mean, this is what you do. So, you know, obviously people can, can find the links we mentioned, the website buyingonlinebusinesses.com. This is, this is a complicated thing. So if you need some help, get, get to know Jared here. Uh, you got to know him here over the last hour or so. So if, if you need some help, there's a resource there for you as well. Solo travel, man. I want you to just tell me, give me your, your take on solo travel. Man, how good is the personal growth that comes from solo travel? Like you have to do everything. Like there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work in it, but the growth from it is like you put yourself in these different places. Um, yeah, my take on solo travel is it's it's phenomenal and I think – I think there's a time and a place for it in your life. Uh, I think whilst you're young, it's really, really good to do. Um, and then even like if you have a partner or you have time that you just need to do do, do you, like it's it can be really, really fulfilling as well. You can get all that stuff off your chest, get it out of the way and you can come back and um, yeah, live your life. I think solo travel is... Like I said at the start, the very start, like solo travel has shaped me as a human being. You know, what what are your thoughts on solo travel? I'm curious, you know, because you've done so much. What's your thoughts on solo? I recommend it to everybody. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm glad that my wife, she, she values solo travel as well. So we still, I mean, we're, we're pretty bogged down with the kids right now. I shouldn't say bogged down. Kids, if you're listening and you're growing up, I don't mean that. We love it. But, uh, you know, it's it's not like, you know, nobody's taking off for a month to travel solo right now. We, no. You know, we need to be... But in five years' time, you know, yeah, like if sure. you need to get that hit, Absolutely. You know? Yeah, like you said, doing everything on your own, it just makes you realize how resourceful we are as individuals. And resourcefulness is a is such a important thing to kind of be aware of in terms of like being able to utilize that as a skill set and understand, oh, you know, no matter what you think, I feel like no matter who you are, you start traveling solo, you're going to realize you're, you're, you know, maybe even a lot more resourceful than you think you are. <laughs> you know? For sure. Like you, traveling is hard and there's like, it seems like almost every day there's a problem to be solved. And this is what I thought about on my travels, you know, when I'd sit on long trips on a bus um, you know, you, I realized like, and I got really proud of myself at one stage, like I'm a really good problem solver. Like I, I was like, I can do this solo travel thing. And that only like the first, first solo trip, I never thought that, but that only happened over like multiple years of doing it. And another thing about solo travel that I like is that, like I said before, those, that space that you have uh to reflect actually somebody somebody forget one of my mentors mentioned forget who it was um what wisdom actually is is experience wisdom equals experience plus reflection and when you have a busy life you get a lot of experience right maybe not as much as you would when you travel but you when you do travel solo travel, you get so much experience, but you also have that time to just reflect. Like when you're on a plane, when you're on a boat, when you're on a bus, train, whatever it is, if 
you're not like don't consume audio or video on that trip that, that the reflection is so damn value valuable about who you are as a person what you like what you don't like and i think that's just important to becoming i think solo travel helps you become more of who you really are as a person which i think is like the biggest goal that anybody should have over money and career or anything is like become the most rawest form of who you should actually be. <laughs> I know we're getting deep, deep now, aren't we? <laughs> I love that. And I, I agree. Um, also, it is such a, an incredible way to learn about yourself. Yeah. Like I like, I like what you said about wisdom being a, a time for reflection. I, I think it's important that uh, you get bored and lonely sometimes and things like that. I mean, it's it's so easy nowadays to just always be occupied, always be doing things, like you said, being quote-unquote productive, maybe picking up your smartphone and getting entertained for those, you know, few minutes. But the reflection is is so key. And, you know, yeah, you're going to get lonely. Like you, you kind of mentioned being lonely when you were out traveling for that year and a half and kind of wanting a change. And you're going to get lonely. You're, prob- you're probably going to be bored. There are probably going to be some things you can't figure out or some uh, shady situations that you wish you had, you know, somebody around to kind of help you. But, you know, not that I I wish that on anybody, that last one. (laughs) But, but, you know, but like the loneliness and the boardroom and things like that, I mean, like, you know, they should be welcomed, I think. That's that's an important part of the whole experience, I feel. I think you're spot on. Like when you say that, it just makes me realize that, most people don't have the opportunity to be lonely or the opportunity to be bored. And most people, like I'm thinking about in the future when this VR stuff is going to be everything, like consumption is going to be like freaking 90% of your time at least, like sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I think that just can really preoccupy us. But I think it's good, like, just the space that you have to really allow yourself to be, like, not not that you want to be lonely, not that you want to be in those shady situations, but the just having the space to really think about how that evolved and what you could have done differently, what you could have done better, how, what you may do next time, how you'd want to set your life up or yourself up or upskill yourself up so those things may not happen in the future. Like it's, yeah, the space is like, like I think, well, this is getting super, I don't know whether you call it macro, but for anything to grow, like if there's something in front of it, it can't grow because there's no space, right? Like if there's a if there's like a piece of glass and then a, uh, a tree, coming up it's not going to be able to grow uh because there's the glass there right it's 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 stopping it there because there's the glass is taking up space could be a a, a big two inch thick piece of glass so for us to in order to grow i guess we kind of really need to have that space yeah yeah that space is key i mean you can manufacture that at home of course too but you have to it's almost forced upon us when we're out traveling, right? You, you have more time for the reflection and, and you sort of feel like you have, this, you have the physical space from from where you're from and maybe the whatever identity you, you have created for yourself and, and 
living in one place, you know, uh, and then you're, you're free of that. There's, there's so much around that, but yeah, I agree. I mean, the space is a great word, I think, to just think about the travel experience as a whole and how impactful it can be. And I think I do agree. That's a huge part of it is just having the space. And it's, it's so important to give ourselves the space in our everyday lives now, you know, to just, you know, if you're not traveling and, uh, that's okay. I mean, we're all going to settle down at some point. We're going to have periods of time where we're settled down. Uh, who knows uh, how long that, those will be. But I mean, I think that, yeah, how do you create space for yourself in your daily life now? Yes, yeah, it's such a good question. It's like surfing sounds like for yeah, you. Yeah, so like you need to have you need to have boundaries. Like you need to have really, really good boundaries when you're a business owner uh, and you're working from home or wherever yeah. you want. Like you can. Otherwise, just- you go insane. Yeah, you can. It's easy for me to just open up and just go email and just check emails and reply to emails for the you know the whole morning or the whole night. Um, but yeah, it, it's like yeah. the The answer to that question is boundaries. Is like setting really, really good boundaries. Stop working at a certain time. Only start working at a certain time, um, and take breaks uh, and make sure that you feel that time like. Because I am a high achiever, like I'm sure you are, like we kind of just, if we're not doing anything, we're going to be focusing on let's like, how do we get to the next level? Like, how do we, how do we do? Like, we're just going to, we're just going to work. So it is like, yeah, surfing, skateboarding, tennis, um, time with partner, time with people you love, family and friends and stuff. Like, I think it's really, really good. I think what you said before is like we need to, we need to have that space um, and we can ha- create that even when we're not traveling. But I think what traveling does is it forces you to have the space and I like that. I like that force about it. Um, also, a lot of people want to travel so they can find themselves and you can do that at home as well, right? If you give yourself space, you can find out who you are and wherever you are in the world. But the, what traveling does is it forces you to, it kind of forces you to find find out more about who you are because you mm. put yourself in those situations where you need to like, oh, how would this, how would I, Jared, deal with this? Yeah. 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 And of course, forces you also to learn more about the world. Like you're there, you're going to learn, you're going to see, you're going to take things in, you know, it's, it's just impossible to. The appreciation yeah. as well, right? Like living in a developed country far out, like it's just, I notice, I notice um, that when you can be, when I could be in a, a developed country for a, a long period of time, I can really forget how freaking good I've got it. And I noticed that when I would do a big trip in Asia or wherever it is and then come back and like I would just be like so understanding of like, oh, my God, the roads here, like we have like good roads and like no trash and stuff. But most of my friends are just like we were t- taking it for granted. And then, I, you know, hanging in around that environment, you start to do that as well after a period of time. But like the the appreciation of like what you have in your own hometown is like, also the appreciation for like the people that you love like how much how much respect you have for them and how much you actually respect being with them i've realized that with the solo the big probably one of the biggest realization with solo travel for me is like experience experiences are like the most one of the most i would say probably the most valuable thing in life because that's what you can take with you 
experiences with people that you love are so are, are, are even more valuable because you get to reminisce those experiences. And I think when you reminisce those experiences, they just become far more valuable. Because I like I've had some. I'm sure you have too. On like some of these solo trips where you like sleeping under the stars, you know, and you see like. 12 shooting stars or you know climbing this mountain or seeing this thing and this crazy experience happening you do it with somebody you've been best friends with for three months but you may never see them again in your life don't reminisce it but if you have that with somebody that you love and not to say you don't love the other person (laughs) you spent three months with but somebody that you are in contact with regularly uh, that's just like that's the yeah. juice. That's the life right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've done loads of traveling. I mean, what what are some of your, I don't want to say favorite spots because it's unfair, but, you know, some of your more memorable kind of experiences, you know, places maybe you would perhaps like to go back and see again or, yeah, just sort of standouts for you in, in your experience. Egypt was a big like I think Egypt really did something for me spiritually. Like I don't know what it may be yet, but something just happened in Egypt and I don't know what it was. It changed my trajectory in life. It's when I started to realize like I want to start working out how I can make an income online. But I was living in Dahab in Egypt on the Red Sea uh, and uh, I was a dive master there. And just the people like I just got a really good, connection with the and really good friendship group there and that made it phenomenal uh, i really really enjoyed my time there yeah i also quit drinking when i was in in egypt and what i mean by quit drinking is a quick like hardcore partying <laughs> um and went on a full health kick and then realized like i wanted to take care of my my body and i wanted to set up like i i realized i wanted a different life and and set up a different life and i it was a really good space for me to be in for six months and just sort of nut out who I was as a person really and who I wanted to be as a, as a person. Beautiful, man. What are your mother like, you know, somebody comes to you and they're like, oh man, I'm going to go travel the world for a year. Where should I go? Oh yeah, for a year, man. That's really good. That's a good <laughs> question. Yeah, if you could go, like I would say... It depends on the experiences they want to have. Uh, but I definitely think Europe, like getting a good chunk of Europe done, like uh, we did in the we did that in a van over four months um, with a bunch of friends. Yeah, getting a good chunk of Europe done, like um, it's hard to name, name them all, but like a, a big portion of Europe. Uh, <clears throat> I'd also say... Wait, did you buy a like a camper van there? Yeah, we bought a we bought a minibus and we just pulled all the seats out the back and built one bed in it. Uh, I was telling the story today. It was pretty gross when you think about it. There's four guys in this minibus and sleeping on one big bed. You had a pillow width apart, uh, and we just stored all our food underneath and our surfboards on the roof. And it was you know we just partied and surfed and 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 the and lived it was really it was a really good experience and i think a lot of people you know should do that um do europe uh not i'm um, not to say that you need to do it in a van or whatnot but i think a good portion of europe is really really good um i like sort of experiencing different cultures and living in different places for a period of time so i've done i did that in japan i did that in panama 
I did it in Mexico. I did it in Egypt, of course. Um, and each of those places kind of really became the special places for me. So if I was somebody that had a year, I'd say try and like you want to see a lot of places, but I'd say also don't rob yourself of staying there for like, you know, maybe more than two weeks, you know, two to three weeks, maybe a month in some of the places you're like, oh, this is, this is good. Um, yeah, I, I think Asia's really good. Asia's really uh, a really humbling place to go to realize like if you're living in a, in a developed country to realize like, wow, like we, you know, we were just born in a place that was, you know, seems a bit easier than, than what, you know, everybody may have here. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good experience to have. Uh, and the culture of Central and South America is pretty cool <laughs> as well. Like there's, it's hard, it's so hard when you think about all the places you've been and all the, ex, like the, the different things that you've done in different places is, it's really hard to tell and advise somebody where to go. Like, should you tell somebody to go to India? Like most, most, like a lot of people, it's not probably the best place to go. And then some people, it's like the place to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, this is why it fascinates me to talk to different travelers because you get to hear their version of that, whatever it is for them, you know? And I never got bored of the, the hostel conversation, you know, people are like, oh, you have the same conversation when you get to the hostel, you get here and there and like, where are you from? Where you been? It's like, that never got boring to me. I don't know. Some people are like, yeah, it gets old. It's like, no, never, never you know, got the old. Hostel, I'm really curious. Yeah. It. The hostel conversation, i tell you what, the hostel conversation is what made me travel more. Right. Because you just, every time you meet somebody, you go through what they've done. You're like, my list is now so much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, in a good way. I mean, we can't can't yeah. see it all. We can't do it all, but uh, we can try. I suppose we can try. We can. Um, well, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time today, man. I really appreciate it and the the wonderful breakdown on buying online businesses. And I mean, we left all the links and mentioned them. But if there's any anything else we missed, feel free to share now. The, the podcast, uh, of course, you got a podcast. If you like, yeah, it. yeah, check out the podcast. The podcast is 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 done exceedingly well. Um, yeah, I'd just say uh, thank you for, uh, you know, listening and thank you, Jason, for having me on. Uh, if people do have any questions about anything at all that we discussed today, they can just email me um, at jared at buyingonlinebusinesses.com and I'm cool. happy to share and, and help in any way I can. Cool. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it and appreciate you and the work you're doing. And uh, if, if I ever decide to buy an online business, I'm hitting you up. Your first yeah, on man. list. <laughs> let's, let's do it when you're, whenever you're ready. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks for your time and look forward to staying in touch. Likewise. Thanks so much, Jace. Cheers. There you have it. My chat with Jared. A lot to unpack there on buying businesses. Of course, it's a deep topic, but... I am all about getting as many options on the radar as possible <laughs> for you. Maybe this is one you've considered. Maybe it is one you've never even thought of before. Either way, now it's on your radar. I, I did my job. That's what this is all about, giving you all the tools and different ways you can travel the world endlessly. Perhaps this way is right for somebody listening right now. Others are like, well, you know what? I'm just going to file that in my maybe one day 
category in my brain. <laughs> maybe it's just me that has a maybe one day. I wish I could live like a hundred different lives simultaneously or something. I, I don't know how that would work exactly, but you ever just have that feeling where you just, you want to do it all? You just kind of want to do everything? That's a common feeling among travelers, I would imagine, but we can't do it all. We got to pick and choose the things <laughs> we want to do and just move forward and have the experience. That's what we're doing here. We're just living, L-I-V-I-N, just living. Okie dokie. Yes, I just said okie dokie. Believe that. I've got a quote for you from Shirdi Sai Baba, who said, Your soul is always trying to be heard above the noise of your mind. When you quiet your mind, your soul takes command. And just so you know, there actually is an exclamation point at the end of that quote, which is why I read it like that. So there you go. I like that one. Your soul is always trying to be heard above the noise of your mind. When you quiet your mind, your soul takes command. Leave you with that. A little food for thought. Have a wonderful day. Smile. Take a chance today. Do something out of your comfort zone, whatever that means to you. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.